You've found the Everything Apostolic Podcast. Delight your soul, feed your spirit, and sharpen your mind with anointed teaching and discussion on subjects such as faith healing, miracles, end-time prophecy, holiness, and everything that apostolics love. And now here's your host, pastor, author, blogger, and teacher, Charles Rodas. Welcome to Everything Apostolic. Well, praise the Lord. This is uh, Charles Rodas, your host. So great to be with you. I have an exciting uh, podcast, as you have seen the title. Uh, one of my favorite teachers of the past, the late Billy Cole. And, well, I found an old cassette tape and that I went to hear him in person way back in the late 1980s, and uh, I so enjoy the teaching here. I thought, well, I'm going to put this out for you. You are truly, truly going to be blessed uh, by this teaching. Uh, you may be very familiar with him. Um, I've, I'm not sure if this is available anywhere else. I've never heard it, this particular teaching, this particular message. Uh, uh, so, uh, yeah, you're in for a treat tonight. You are absolutely in for a treat with this teaching and authority. And in this message, the power of God will be demonstrated and, uh, a number of people will be healed. And he demonstrates that in a great teaching of how the believers, uh, referring to us should be utilizing faith and the power of God to heal the sick. And so, uh, again, you're going to greatly enjoy this and appreciate uh, this teaching by the late uh, brother Billy Cole. All right. Well, here we go. We're going to get this going for you. And uh, there will be a break between uh, uh, between uh, uh, sessions. So uh, uh, after about 30 minutes of teaching, there'll be a short commercial for about uh, maybe a minute, and then we're going to come right back into it and finish up the teaching by Brother Billy Cole. All right, blessings to you. Such as I have, give I unto thee. I am not God. And you're very unfair to me tonight. If you blame me and criticize me because I'm not equal to God. But I am a bold man of God. And whatever the Lord tells me to do tonight, I'm going to do it whether you like it or don't like it. Praise <laughs> the Lord. Praise God. Is that all right? I'm having one little problem, you know. I've lost so much weight. Have you noticed? Good. I've lost so much weight. I told my wife on the way over here, I said, I've lost so much weight. I've lost 120 pounds. How about that? Bless God. I've lost one whole man. 
and I've got another whole man to go. <laughs> and I told my wife on before coming, I said, I've lost so much weight, I won't be able to tell my stories. She said, if I was you, I wouldn't panic just yet. <laughs> she said, your stories have still got credibility. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, I have a message for you tonight. It's a very simple message, but I sincerely believe that it will be accompanied with the power of God. And that'll make it an important message to you. And I want to take a very familiar text that we've all quoted and read so many times, but it's the thing that the Lord directs me to speak this morning or tonight. I understand that I shall be speaking again tomorrow. And if the Lord leads, I'll probably just take the same text and go right on. Because I do not want to infringe upon Brother Huntley's time tonight. And I would assume that I have at least an hour. Okay. All right. Would you turn in your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16, and I shall begin reading with verse 15. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth, everybody say, He that believeth. And is baptized. I am thankful that God has revealed to us the essentiality of baptism. To me, that's very vital and very important. Not only to be baptized, but to be baptized correctly. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. To me, that's essential. It's vital. Praise God. But he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved but he that believeth not shall be damned now we're talking about a life and death matter here we're talking about a life or death matter and he that believeth not shall be damned and these signs shall follow them that believe there's more to it than just saying I believe in Jesus. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Shall they cast out devils? They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Look the word hurt up in the original. You'll discover that it means they shall not die. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall. Everybody say shall. 
They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for your very precious people, pastors, preachers, evangelists, saints of God, elders, deacons, precious people that has gathered into this sanctuary tonight to learn more of thee, to improve our methods and our ways and our attitudes and our ideas and our concepts. And we thank you for this meeting and the purpose of this meeting. And we thank you for your presence, almighty God. And we pray, Lord, that you shall anoint the congregation to receive the message that you have given to me just now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray, O oh God, that you shall anoint my mind and cause my mind to be alert and loose my tongue that I may speak to your people in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen and amen. Would you lift your hands and praise the Lord with me again? I thank you, Lord Jesus, and I praise you, almighty God. Blessed be thy matchless holy name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God. I can feel your hunger, and I believe God's going to touch us tonight. My subject for this message is an apostolic believer. An apostolic believer. I want to re-emphasize that this is a life or death matter. The Lord Jesus himself simply stated that if we believe and we're baptized, that we shall be saved. But if we believe not, we shall be damned. And there's more to it than just saying, I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I have no criticism for that statement because you see, God sent me to a Buddhist nation. For many years, I was in Thailand and ministered to Buddhist people more than 90% of the people were Buddhist. In the city that I lived in, there were 400 Buddhist temples where my house was. Everywhere I would go, there was Buddhist idols, uh, idols on the street corners. And people would be bowing and worshiping Buddhist images and idols everywhere we would go. In the nation of Thailand, there are 80 million Buddhist idols. And I lived in the middle of it, taking my little two-year-old girl there with me and my 23-year-old wife. So I am not ridiculing the statement that I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That is a very important step for those that are not Christian in any sense of the word that do not believe that Jesus Christ is God. 
just to make that statement is important. But that's not what I'm talking about today. That is not the kind of a believer that Jesus Christ was talking about. He was talking about an apostolic believer. A person who was believing God in the strictest of the sense of the word. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. Do you want to be an apostolic believer? Hallelujah. I am persuaded that we're more apostolic than you would ever guess. I believe we're more apostolic than you would believe right at this moment. First of all, the scripture tells us that a believer, the first thing a believer can do is cast out devils. Oh, I wish that you knew how many devils you had cast out. The power of Satan is to deceive. The strength of Satan is his magnificent voice. The scripture teaches us that his voice, his pipes were built within him. Now you look up the word pipes and you'll find out it means organ. He had such a magnificent voice. We listen to the Crothers sing, and oh, they're two of my favorite singers. And they get to harmonizing, and it's just, it's so beautiful. But Lucifer, Satan, had the ability to harmonize with one single voice. He had a voice like an organ. And his power is his ability to speak and to deceive you. And to persuade you. It's the only power he's got. And I dare to stand here tonight and say it. Because I am not afraid of him. Someone might say, Brother Cole, aren't you afraid something will happen to you? It may happen to me, but he won't do it. I may fall off of this platform before the night is over. But it won't be because the devil knocked me down. It'll be because I'm too fat and too awkward. Oh, I can feel you tightening up on me now. The scripture says that he that's within us is greater than he that is in the world. There is a difference between confidence and faith and arrogance. And what I'm portraying here tonight is not arrogance. It's an understanding of who I am, what I have, and who is living in me. <laughs> and I am not afraid of Lucifer and all of his devils put together. He is, in fact, scared to death of me. And his great power is that when you whip him and defeat him, he is so weak 
and so helpless that we defeat him and don't even know we've done it. And he sure ain't going to tell you. You know, the gossipers that are in our church and the gossipers that are in your church, every little mistake you make, they're going to tell the whole world. But the devil's smarter than that. You know, we just we just nearly melt the telephone lines every time somebody makes a little mistake. We just burn the telephone up talking about it, whether it be a preacher or a saint. The devil loves that. Let me tell you, he loves that. But he don't do that. We whip him to death sometimes, and we don't even know it, and he keeps it a secret. Someone said, Brother Cole, now I'm teaching tonight. Is that all right? I always teach. If I preach a camp meeting, I still teach and just get a little bit louder. <laughs> and I'm not ridiculing. I'm not ridiculing. I am not ridiculing anybody or anything. You understand that? Praise the Lord. And I have been places where someone has said, Brother Cole, we had this situation where this person had six devils. And they would throw themselves on the floor and tear themselves and pull their hair and froth at the mouth and had convulsions. And we cast out one devil and then we cast out two devils. And my, they had six devils. Let me tell you something. You're not dealing with five or six devils when someone throws themselves on the floor and have convulsion. You are dealing with thousands of devils. They want you to believe there's one and two and three devils. But you are dealing with thousands of devils. I am thoroughly persuaded that every single sinner that hits your altar and repents of their sins, you cast devils out of those people. And those devils are so frivolous and so weak that they can't do anything to identify themselves. I believe that. Jesus Christ one time cast the devils out of a man that had enough of them that he was tearing himself. He had got out into a cemetery and he was cutting himself and screaming. Yeah. And, uh, and doing all kinds of things, you know. He was crazy. And those were killer devils. They were, they were suicide devils. Because when Jesus came along and found out that there was about 5,000 of them, he called themselves legion. And uh, the liberals say there's 6,000 in a legion, and the conservatives say there's five. So I'll be conservative tonight. <laughs> say there was 5,000. 5,000 of them, you know. And Jesus cast those 5,000 devils out of that one man, and they went into 2,000 pigs. And they identified themselves as suicide devils because the pigs rushed immediately straight into the water and committed suicide. Now, those 5,000 devils wanted to do the same thing to that unsaved man and could not do it. 5,000 of them couldn't kill one unsaved man. Now, you put the Holy Ghost in a man. Five million of them couldn't do it. Five million of them couldn't do it. 
I walked into a church one time for some special meetings and I was sitting on the platform near the pastor and just about that time a lady walked into the church and the pastor leaned over to me and said that woman is full of the devil I said good I said if that's her problem we can take care of it in 10 seconds but if it's flesh it's going to take you 10 years <laughs> you can't cast flesh out you cast flesh out and they'll take you to court <laughs> yeah you can't cast flesh out but you can sure cast the devil out and I am persuaded that we have cast out literally thousands of devils when we didn't even know that we did it the devil wants to intimidate us and make us to believe that somebody that casts out devil is some supersonic, supernatural, super duper spiritual character that excels above all the rest of us. Let me tell you, the newest, youngest saint has power to cast out devils in a time they're not afraid. you're afraid then the devil's got you right where he wants you because he's powerful when you're afraid and he's as weak as nothing when you're not afraid it's amazing what we blame on God and what we blame on the devil Jeff Arnold blamed that sermon today on God <laughs> I just had to pick at you a little bit. That was a good message. That was from God. But it's amazing what we blame on the devil. And the devil has nothing to do with it. He is a terrorist. And he rushes in and takes credit for everything that goes wrong. Every time you have a little something wrong with in your church and you blame the devil, he is tickled to death. I don't care what goes wrong in my church. I am never going to give him one ounce of credit. Not one ounce. Praise God. I've got the victory over him. Hallelujah. I have authority over him. And he does what I tell him to do. And when I tell him, he can do it. Now that's apostolic authority. That is not arrogance. That is not pride. That's understanding your place. God give this authority to the disciples and they didn't even have the Holy Ghost yet. And the devil has intimidated us. God bless your heart. Woo. Hallelujah. Lift your hands with me and let's praise the Lord together. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The scripture says a believer 
shall speak with new tongues. If you're really a believer, you've talked in other tongues. Can you say amen? How many of us talked in other tongues? Raise your hand. Come on. My God, there's only 50 people here that's talked in tongues. Now, the pastor told me there's about 800 people here. That means we've got 50 participators and 750 to come here and sit on the bleachers and watch what's happening tonight. And you'll, you'll go home sore if something great big doesn't happen. Now, I'm going to ask you again. How many of you got the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues? Ah, it looks a whole lot better. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank God for it. And brother, there's a brother sitting right over here that's ready for the Holy Ghost. I don't see him right now. Where's he at? There he is. All right. You would have gotten it today, but you're still repenting, my brother. Now, you can't receive the Holy Ghost without repenting. But you cannot receive the Holy Ghost while you are repenting. You have got to repent, believe that God has forgiven you, and stop repenting. And start worshiping the Lord. Worship the Lord and believe that he's going to give you the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost will fall upon you. When you sincerely repent, you mark it down in your mind and in your notebook. Your sins are forgiven and forgotten. you got to forgive yourself and believe that. And then the Holy Ghost will come upon you. Praise the Lord. God wants to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. The scripture says that if you are a believer, that you'll be able to take up serpents. Now, I believe that can be literal or it can be spiritual. Now, these people, there's not many of them, by the way. These people that go out and find copperheads or something and bring them into the church building. That is absolute, total ignorance. Can you say amen? amen? You know, we have some of those over in West Virginia, over in the mountains. Not very many, just a handful, just a few, but they get a lot of press. <laughs> Praise God. And I had one news reporter tell me that that was an apostolic custom. I said, no, it's not. It's an Appalachian mountain custom. <laughs> there are millions and millions of people that talk in tongues. And there's only about 500 snake handlers in the world. That's right. But they do get a lot of press and a lot of publicity. Now, to bring a serpent into a building is nonsense. Ignorance. First degree ignorance. Can you say amen? It surely is. But if, like the Apostle Paul, you accidentally pick one up, I believe God will protect you. And I believe it has a spiritual application also. I never shall forget when I came home to help my father finish the building he had started. He was 70 years old when he started a building just about the size of this building. And uh, he persuaded me to come home and, and help him finish that building and uh, I was working with him and, and uh, 
He said to me one day, he said, Billy, I've got a little problem that I wish you would take care of. I said, well, all right, I'll do my best. He said, my teenage young people are coming to me and complaining that their Sunday school teachers are very whirly. <laughs> Can you imagine how whirly someone would happen to be for teenagers to complain? <laughs> he said they're complaining about all three of these ladies and said there's not just one or two of these teenagers there's a bunch of them has come to me and complained that they're teaching and practicing worldliness in their Sunday school class so I give the Sunday school superintendent word that I would like to speak to those three ladies as soon as Sunday school was over and all of the teenagers were gone. I didn't want to embarrass them or humiliate them. I wanted to help them. <laughs> and uh, they must have had the word of knowledge or the gift of discernment or something. Because when I got down there, they had built them a spiritual barricade. Sandbags everywhere. And they had spiritual machine guns laying on top of them. And the superintendent walked in first. I'm glad he did. And then I walked in and I hardly got through the door and I had my hands in my pocket and I just merely got through the door and the supervisor of the three lit in on me like you would not believe. And it took her 20 minutes to say her piece. I mean, she read me the riot act. She really give it to me that God being my witness. I never answered her. Or said a word and then the second one started in on me and it took her about five minutes because the first one had said so much you know <laughs> so in five minutes she was finished and then the third one only took a couple of minutes but it was just as rough and then the first one put her hands on her hips like this <laughs> and said now I suppose you have all the answers I said, no, but I am very sure that I have found the problem. <laughs> now, let me tell you something. If you're an apostolic and you handle people like that, that's equal to taking up servants because they will destroy the entire congregation if they can. They'll wreck churches. They'll divide churches. They'll split churches. They'll divide them ten ways if they can. But God has given us wisdom to take control of these situations and keep the people of God at peace. There's been times probably in this local church that there has been problems that could have disintegrated this place. That 90% of the congregation doesn't even know that it happened. That's the power, apostolic power, to take up servants. Praise the Lord. Amen. And it can happen literally, too. I remember one time when we was in Thailand. We was out in the boondocks. There was no doctors or anything like that available. And they wouldn't have been able to do anything in those days anyhow. They would be able to today. They have developed a serum that can counterattack serpent bites, but they didn't have it in those days. 
And we had several, about 20 preachers coming for dinner. And my wife is a wonderful hostess. And she fixed for the pure Thai brethren that were wearing tennis shoes the same way she would have fixed for one of you brethren. She made no distinction between Thai or American brethren. She entertained them her very, very best when they would come to our house, however good that was. And we had 20 of those brethren, leading brethren coming. They were very poor, but she had fixed quite a meal for them. And we were having it outside and on five different little tables. And uh, I like a tablecloth very, very much. I go to all kind of trouble to have a tablecloth. Well, praise the Lord. I want to tell you about my newest book. Hey, this is September of 2022, and I just released, just published in Amazon and Kindle my ninth book, and I'm super excited to tell you. And it is the heartbeat uh, of my ministry and the greatest desire that I have. And the title of the book is How to Help someone receive the Holy Ghost how to help someone receive the Holy Ghost I encourage you to go to Amazon go to Kindle get a copy take a look at my new book and of course in Amazon as you may know you can always open that up and read a little bit in the book so I encourage you to take a look at how to help someone receive the Holy Ghost this is for the altar worker the person that is passionate about helping people receive this wonderful gift it's for the person that has that altar working uh desire in his heart to, to help help people be born again of the spirit of god hallelujah and if that's you if you're interested in this subject well take a look at the book i believe my 40 years experience might have some great takeaways for you and uh to be encouraged and walk in this ministry and to walk in this gift. All right, in Jesus' name. Cisco in my suitcase. That's right. I've eaten restaurants with dirt floors and dogs laying on the table, but I never eat with a table without a tablecloth. <laughs> because I'd carry one with me. <laughs> That's right. And she put on nice linen tablecloths and all of those things, you know. And we had a wooden fence around our house. And we were putting up colored lights because they were coming after dark. And uh, Thai people love colored lights. And there was a hole in that fence. And why my wife did it, I don't know. But she knelt down in front of that hole. And she was reaching through that wooden fence. And all of a sudden, she jerked her hand back and she said Billy something struck me and I looked at her wrist and right at her wrist was the prince where a snake had struck her twice and I told the Chinese brother that was with me I said rush around there quickly and see and see who or see what's around there amen and when he rushed around there right in front of that hole was a cobra snake with his head fanned the most deadly serpent in the entire world had struck my wife twice 
There was no medical help, but she went right ahead and served that meal that night. Her arm got a little bit red, a little bit sore, but there was no harm come to her whatsoever. And the next day, there wasn't even any soreness there. If any of you were ever in Vietnam, any of you in Vietnam, any of you that were medics, all right, they taught you that if a cobra snake strikes you and hits you, you've got 30 minutes to do something. After 30 minutes, nothing you can do. One hour, unconsciousness. Two hours, death. No exceptions. But my wife was struck twice and kept right on serving that meal to 11 o'clock at night. Praise God, an apostolic believer. I'm telling you, we are apostolic believers. Hallelujah. Let's give a hand praise unto the Lord. Praise be the name of the Lord God. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. And the scripture says, if you drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt you. You Bible scholars, research it you discover that that means you will not die. It doesn't mean you won't get sick at your stomach because that's part of God's remedy. Getting you sick at your stomach and you throw that out of your system. Right, you'll get sick, but you won't die. Amen. And someone said to me, some, some unbeliever said to me one time, if you're a believer, an apostolic believer, how come it is you don't drink something uh, that's uh, deadly and it won't hurt you? I said, how am I going to know? If I drink something deadly and it doesn't hurt me, how am I going to know that I took it? How am I going to know that it happened? I wonder how many times, Brother Shear, we've been protected by the power of God and did not even know it. Now, this is our problem. We are accomplishing many, many things that we don't even know that's happening. And the devil is keeping it a secret from us. I want you to know we are apostolic believers. Now, we do have a little problem with this next one. And they shall lay hands upon the sick, and they shall recover. I believe God's doing something wonderful and mighty among us. God wants to heal the sick among us like never before. I believe that we're going to be able to challenge sicknesses that has thumbed its nose in our face, so to speak, and our precious people have died prematurely sometimes. I believe God is going to give us authority over sickness like we've never had before in all of our life. I have seen more people healed in my own ministry in the last six months than I have in the last 25 years. And there's others that are experiencing the same thing. God is healing the sick among us. The Lord just wonderfully healed my body. About a month ago, about a month ago, I was sitting on a couch, I have a couch in my bedroom, and I was sitting on that couch meditating on the Lord, and the Holy Ghost revealed to me that there was a tumor in my body. So I went to my family doctor to be examined. 
Cole, Brother Cole, you went to a doctor? Yes, I went to a doctor because I've got a little bit besides jelly between my ears. You don't have to attack doctors to believe in the power of God to heal the sick. And I went to him and I said, there's a tumor in my body. And I told him where it was at. <laughs> he said, well, how do you know that? I said, you wouldn't believe it if I told you. You just see. Take a look. <laughs> Amen. He said, well, do you have any symptoms? I said, no, I don't have any symptoms whatsoever. I don't have any pain, but uh, whatever. But there is a tumor in my body. You check to see. He examined me and he said, sure enough, it's there. And he sent me to a specialist to verify that the next day. Sure enough, he said, it's there. And you need a biopsy to see whether this is malignant or not. I said, all right, we'll get a biopsy. And uh, I thought he was going to do it right there in his office. I'm so ignorant about these things. And he said, oh, no, you've got to go into the hospital in the operating room. And we're going to put you under anesthesia and uh, all of this business. And I said, all right, let's get it over with. <laughs> and so he scheduled me the next day. And what was supposed to be a 15-minute test turned out to be a four-hour struggle for my life. My throat collapsed and my lungs collapsed. And they couldn't get any air in me. And when they finally got air into me, they filled my lungs with blood. And four hours later, I came to. There was a big clock right on the wall, I could see it. And I knew I was supposed to be in there 15 minutes. And it was four hours later. And I looked at those doctors and I said, you guys messed up, didn't you? <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't comment. But the next day, the anesthesiologist said to me, man, am I glad to see you. I said, I guess you guys sent me off to heaven. And they stamped me rejected and sent me back down here for a little more work to be worked on. <laughs> he said, we sent you many times. We'd lose you and then get you back and we'd lose you and get you back. I never did get the test. <laughs> Still haven't had the test. That's right. <laughs> but my church got pretty serious about praying. They didn't want me to take that biopsy anymore. And so I went back in for an examination to see if I needed the test. And the tumor is gone. It is not there. It is not there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And that's just an example of what God is doing in these last days. The Bible says that a believer shall lay his hands on the sick and they shall recover. We've taken this entirely too lightly. We've been too content to stick our fingers on people like they got leprosy or something and pray a little prayer and then don't even ask them if they feel any different. We need to challenge. We need to lay our, uh, somebody says, Brother Cole, now be careful what you're about to do here. Just be cautious. We've got to protect the Lord. You're not protecting God. You're protecting your own stinking images. You're not protecting God. You're protecting your own reputation. 
The only reputation I've got is what God's given me. And anytime he wants to take it away, if he can get more glory out of my life with my reputation destroyed, fine. But whatever he told me to do in that book, I'm going to do it. If I fall right flat on my face, I'm going to get up and do it again. I'm going to get up and do it again. Praise God. Let's raise our hands and praise the Lord together. I worship you, Lord Jesus, and I adore you, Lord Jesus. Blessed be thy matchless holy name. Hallelujah. 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 I wonder how many of you are here tonight, just like myself. You need a healing in your body. I've been healed. I've been healed. My mind's been healed, too. That's the reason I'm losing weight. I'm not whole yet, but I've been healed. About another 120 pounds and I'll be whole. <laughs> you know, there's a difference between being healed and being made whole. That's a sermon, too. I won't preach it tonight. Praise God. Praise God. I wonder how many of you stand right up. You need a healing in your body tonight. You need the power of God to heal you. Would you stand, a sister back here? Brother, praise the Lord. Amen. Many, many of you, praise the Lord. How many of you are suffering pain with your problem? Would you raise your hand? Would you raise your hand? You're suffering pain. All right. Praise God. I'd like to choose someone that you would know instantly when you're healed. I'm not a show-off. I am not a show-off. And I'm not up here showing off tonight. But I'm doing what the Holy Ghost told me to do. Is that all right? Brother Hen, you're right here in the front. Come here, please. You're the closest one to me. Amen. If it's not personal, may I know what you need? And that is hurting you right now. More than a year. Which foot is it, brother? Your left foot. And it's hurting you right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. By the power of your name and by the authority of the word of God, I command this pain to leave this heel even now, instantaneously, as a miracle of God. I command it to happen this very moment in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Try that heel. Is there any pain at all, Brother Hen? No pain at all. This has been hurting you for over a year. No pain. No pain whatsoever. God has instantaneously healed this man. Right now, the Bible says, and they shall lay their hands on the sick, and they shall recover. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now then, someone else. I thought I'd seen a sister raise your hand here that was feeling pain. And uh, you would know instantly if you were healed. You would know instantly if you were healed. I thought there was another one right here. 
Praise the Lord. Who raised their hands? There was feeling pain. I want something that we will instantly know that you're healed. Some things, you know, like I got healed. I got healed. And I went to the doctor believing I was healed. But I had to go to a doctor to find out. And the reason I went to the doctor, I want to emphasize, is I had good sense. I had a lady the other day get healed. Just remain standing just a moment. Here, sister, come. I had a sister the other day in the camp meeting that came to the conference and she had just received the news that she had sugar diabetes real bad. And she had come to the camp anyhow. And uh, when she got home, when she got home, they had an answering service. And the doctor and the nurse had frantically recorded their voice and said, please, where are you at? Get to this office as quick as you can. Get to this office as quick as you can because your sugar diabetes is so treacherous and so bad that, that you may die any moment. You could fall into a coma and die at any moment. It is so bad. And uh, But during the camp, she was prayed for. Uh, one night we had what we called Miracle Night, and there was 80 people testified to being healed in that service. And she was one of them. She said, I have no way of knowing whether I am totally healed or not, but I have strength that I've never had before. I turned to her immediately, and I said, that is the power of God. But the word of wisdom to you is that if indeed you are healed, the doctor will verify that. Now, you go to the doctor and get a sugar test, and if you have been healed, the doctor will prove your healing. Is that all right? Now, that's how I feel about it. And I guess you got me here to find out my opinion. Didn't you? <laughs> Praise the Lord. And so, when she got this announcement on the, on the uh, recording, or telephone recorder, she rushed over to the doctor, and he was panicked. He said, where have you been? I've been trying to get a hold of you. And they tested her, and her sugar was absolutely, perfectly normal. God had, in fact, healed her. Praise the Lord. Amen. May I know, sister, your need? Now, that is something that a doctor would have to verify if you're healed. I'd like to have someone that we would know instantaneously. Someone that's suffering pain, perhaps. All right, come. Just stay right up here. We will pray for you. But there's something I want to do for you now. There's something I'm teaching you. Is that all right? And demonstrating. Is that all right? If I lay my reputation on the line here and demonstrate a little bit, is that okay? Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, praise God. Sister, you're in much pain. You're in much pain. You May I know where? In your back. In your lower back. All right. Anywhere else? Have you been injured? Was you in an automobile accident? I see you had polio when you was little, and now it's probably arthritis setting into this situation. How long have you suffered with this? Ever since you were two, how long has this pain been with you? 
about 10 years and it affects it affects your walking it, it hurts your legs it bothers your legs i noticed you when you was walking here that that you was needing help all right now then i'd like to see the hands of ladies that are very shy i'd like to see the hand so i won't uh, you know i don't want to call someone out that's real shy could i see your hands if you're real shy and you'd be easily embarrassed all right mother come up here you're the one i'm looking for <laughs> someone that's real shy <laughs> i want you to help me tonight mother you got the holy ghost you love jesus you believe in miracles you come right up here and you're going to help me tonight so far i have not touched this woman I have not touched her and the Holy Ghost wants me to demonstrate to this audience what God wants to do in your lives and what God wants to do through your lives. Don't touch me, sister. Don't touch me. I've got a point to make. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, mother, you're going to lay. Are you a preacher? Good. I don't want a preacher. We expect them to do it. Now, you lay your hand on her head. Now, I'm going to cross some theology here tonight, and if I do, good. The scripture says, ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now, Jesus was saying that to people that did not have the Holy Ghost, and they were already casting out devils. They were already healing the sick. And then Jesus said, you're going to receive power. I wonder what in the name of God he was talking about. He was not talking about the things we think about. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, Mother, I want you to say, by the power of the name of Jesus, and by the authority of the word of God, I command this pain to go from this woman's body. Say it again now. I command this pain to go in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. All right, let's worship the Lord. Let's worship the Lord. Let's worship the Lord. I worship you, Lord Jesus. And I adore you, Lord Jesus. Praise be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Now then, praise God. Now, mother, mother, exercise just a little bit. Move. Do you have that pain in your back? Is there any pain there at all? Is there any change? There is a change. All right. Now, this is a very good signal to us that the Lord is going to completely heal you and take it away. Now, this is what we do in this situation. We don't panic run off and jump into our study somewhere and shut the door. We pray again and we look them right straight in the eyes. We do not close our eyes. We don't in, don't uh, be inhibited by anything. We're not upset. We're not panic. We do it again. We have scripture for it. We have scripture for it. Now be positive this time, mother. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. Now you lay your hand on her again. And say, by the power of the name of Jesus, and by the authority of the word of God, I command all of this pain to go now. 
This pain has been in her body for 10 years. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. All right, mother. Now, move about. Move. Now. Where is that pain? Do you have any pain? In your hip. But what about your lower back where we was praying for? It's gone? Completely gone. Completely gone. <laughs> Let's give the Lord a hand praise. <laughs> <laughs> now, mother, command that pain to go out of her hip. In the same way, by the authority of the word of God and the power of the name of Jesus, command that pain out of her hip. I command it to go. Now, go ahead and shout, mother. Praise be the name of the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> we had to help right up here. Woo! Now, God wants you, every single one of you. And if you've got a pastor, if you've got a pastor that is so immature and so shallow, and so small that he's scared to death of a saint praying this kind of a prayer. All I can say for you is I'm sorry for you. Because it's the will of God that every Holy Ghost filled saint of God takes authority over sickness and commands it to go in the name of Jesus Christ. And they shall, a believer, not a preacher, a believer, a believer, a believer, shall lay his hands on the sick and they shall recover. Woo! Now then, all of you sick folks, come up here and line up across this altar. Everyone that needs a healing in your body. Everyone that needs a healing in your body. Just come right up here and face the audience, if you will. Just turn right around and face the audience. Come right up here and face the audience. Let's make a line all the way across the church. God is healing in this place. You have just seen. I asked for a little lady that was shy. And there was only one woman raised her hand. And she's the one I chose. I did not choose and pick. I've never seen that woman before in my life. I don't know who she is. But she came up here. And this woman has had polio ever since she was two years old. And she's had arthritis pain in her back for ten years. And she went back the aisle shouting. They practically carried her up the aisle. And she went down the aisle shouting. And I didn't touch her. 
I did not touch her. This laywoman touched her and commanded the healing. And the healing came. I'll tell you why. Because we take authority. Authority in the word of God. And all of you that's sitting on me right now, God bless your stinking little hearts. God bless you. I don't care. I'm telling you the truth. God wants to do these things in the church. Praise be the name of the Lord. God wants to heal the sick. God wants to give you authority over sickness in your church. Praise the Lord. Now, you that have faith, one-on-one, -on -one, I want you to come right up here now and come to every one of these. Whether you're a preacher or saint, doesn't make a bit of difference. Preacher, saint, deacon, elder, everyone... Don't close your eyes. Come on. Come on. You that have faith that God's going to answer your prayer right now, one-on-one. -on -one. Search out one. Search out one. Let me let me talk to you just a minute. Let me help you just a minute. Where's all those Bible school students? Are they still here? Are those Bible school students still here? I certainly want them in on this. Praise God. One-on-one, 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 one-on-one. Now, let me talk to you just a minute. Let me, don't, 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 don't go praying for these folks in your old way that doesn't work. Now, wait a minute. Now then, keep your eyes open. The devil hates that. The devil can't stand it when you look. We, he, he loves it when we close our eyes. Don't close your eyes. Keep your eyes open. Praise the Lord. Now. Now, if you have a personal problem and the person that's praying for you asks you, what is your problem? What is what is it you need? And it's personal and you don't want to tell it. Just say so. Don't ask some more questions. If somebody says it's personal, we're not here to humiliate or embarrass anybody. Amen. But we can have authority. The Bible says, say to the mountain. You'll notice I did not say God heal this, who did I pray for first? Was it a man? Yes, a, a brother. His heel, brother Hen. Okay, you'll notice I did not say, God, heal this heel. I spoke to the situation in his heel and commanded it to go. Now, that is the way to do it if you want it to happen. Now, you do this in the name of Jesus by the authority and the power of the name of Jesus and by the authority of the word of God. Then you speak to that situation. If it's a pain, speak to it. If it's arthritis, speak to it. No matter what the situation is, speak to it and command it to go and believe, believe, believe it's going to go. And as you are healed and you know you're healed or you believe you're healed, come onto this platform and we'll hear you and, and I'll be able to pray for you too. Praise God. All right. Everybody together now. Ask them. Look them right straight in the eyes. Ask them their problem, their need. Praise the Lord. If it's personal, accept that. And then lay your hand upon them in absolute authority. Not arrogance. Not in arrogance. But in authority. Command the pain and the sickness to go. This is the will of God. It's the will of God for this ministry to be in your life.
Thank you for listening to the Everything Apostolic Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave a rating and review for it as it provides tremendous feedback to this ministry. Don't forget, more resources are available at www.charlesarodis.com. There you will find Pastor Rodis's books and also the newsletter and a free gift when you subscribe to the newsletter. Until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name.